Hi everybody, Merry Christmas. And I thought it would be a fun kind of Christmas present for me to give you guys my ranking of the animated films of 2017. And I pretty much saw everything. I saw every single film that was selected in the shortlist for animated films, except for two that I tried really hard to find. I couldn't find them, the Mumikins and uh, one in Wonderland, which I'm really excited actually to see because I love them. And also uh, Cinderella the Cat, which is an Italian film, I believe. And hopefully I get to see it. I'll put a review if I get to see it uh, when it becomes available. Other than that, I reviewed all, I saw all of them. Plus I saw a bunch of direct to DVDs, releases. I, I pretty much saw everything. <laughs> And so I'm really excited. Some of these I've reviewed on my channel or my blog, some of them I haven't. And uh, so some of this will be new and some of it will be old school. And uh, so let's start at the bottom. At number 41, I have Batman and Harley Quinn. I thought this was completely appalling and horrible. I mean, I hated the killing joke. And this I might have hated even more. There is a scene in this film that is just indefensible. I just don't understand how anyone gives this a pass. If, this, if there's a scene in here where Harley Quinn is an aggressor in a sexual encounter, that if it had been a woman tied up, it would be unfit to air. Uh, it is complete male rape and it is just appalling, I thought, just absolutely appalling. And it's treated as a joke. It's treated as funny, which is not okay. And she's just got to be one of the most annoying characters ever that I've ever seen. Uh, everything from her voice to her farting to her just everything. Terrible. Uh, I mean, it's embarrassing. Honestly, I, I think Bruce Tim uh, he needs to take a step back and focus on making good, good movies again and not like acting out his, not unleashing his fetishes on an un, undesiring public. This 40, I have Surf's Up to Wave Mania. This movie really bummed me out because it took uh, Surf's Up, which is just such a sweet little movie that's way underrated and uh, that has a, just a nice heart to it. It's funny. It's got this kind of clever take doing a mockumentary as an animation, animated film. And this just pretended like that film hardly even existed and throws in this, these uh, WWE stars, I guess. And it has a very little surfing. The animation sucks. It's an adventure movie and it's part sort of a sports movie. And I just thought it was terrible. It wasn't funny. It really, really ticked me off. So it's a number 40. 39 is called The Guardian Brothers, and this has come. This came out of China. You can watch this on Netflix, but I don't recommend it because this thing was a chore to get through. I just found it just interminably boring. I it it has some nice animation in there, some nice CG animation. Like this god comes into the human world to try to prove himself and his brothers, and I don't know, I fell asleep every time I tried to watch it. It was so boring. The first theatrically released film, it, although you might not even realize that it was theatrically released, I have Spark, A Space Tale, 
And this actually, I thought, had some decent animation. Like, it's still that kind of low-grade CG, but I don't know. I guess I'm more forgiving of that than some people, but oh my gosh, this one was, woo, it was so boring. I just sat there in the theater, and I, I literally fell asleep for a good, like, long time, like five, maybe five minutes, which is a long time for me for falling asleep in a movie. It just, everything about it was super derivative of a million different things we've seen before. And it wasn't funny. It wasn't interesting. The animation was certainly wasn't good enough to save it. And uh, it just, it just, I don't know. There was just nothing. Number 37 is Tom and Jerry meets Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I just, I don't understand these Tom and Jerry movies. I, this is the first one I'd seen and I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, at first I was like, wow, this is kind of fun. But then I realized that I just was responding to the fact I like Tom and Jerry and responding to the fact that I like the songs from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But the animation's pretty bad. Uh, and it just, it's just is weird. Like, I don't understand why we want Tom and Jerry and Willy Wonka to, like together. And they make some weird choices with like creating new villains. And then we get to number 36, I have the Emoji Movie. And the Emoji Movie, I think it's, to me, aside from being a very heavily product placement and very cynical towards kids, <laughs> like the fact that like, the way that it treats kids and communication and the way that they talk and stuff is very cynical. Also, it's just so derivative. I mean, I think, I don't think the animation is that bad. And I think it, there's something that maybe could have worked, but it all feels old. It, the, all the technology feels old and it just feels tired and shrieky and annoying at times. All the side characters are annoying. And I, I just feel like everything that, is in here we've seen before done better. Five for me is the star. I actually think there were nice moments in this. I think that the stuff with Joseph and Mary were nice. And I, I think there was a reverence to them. Uh, and I liked those parts. But pretty much all the animal hygiene stuff was a total miss to me. I didn't think it was funny. I think I thought it was pretty boring. And I just, I just didn't like it. So I, I did think the music was pretty good. So that's what gets it this high. Next, uh, 34, I have Boss Baby. I know I thought this would be like a total train wreck. Uh, and it has some good things about it. I think the ima imagination sequences are good. And there are a few jokes that work. But for the most part, I felt like it was a one joke movie. To me, this movie was a lot of people, I think, to me, this movie was, it's a big joke was kind of, oh, there's a baby Donald Trump. You've got Donald Trump's, you know, actor doing the voice uh, from Saturday Night Live with Al Baldwin and his kind of mannerisms, his kind of talking. So, like, I think that a lot of people who hate Donald Trump liked seeing this baby Donald Trump. And then a lot of people who love Donald Trump loved seeing this baby Donald Trump. So, it was sort of, I think that there's something there about that. But, I don't know, I just felt like, especially the whole, like, the whole ending with, like, Vegas and this villain, it was just like, oh, And uh, I, I didn't think the animation was anything special except for in those imagination sequences. And I thought the whole premise was really pretty cold and weird to me. I mean, the idea that like all of these babies would be forced into management and would never be mothered, never be loved. Like, and, and also like they set up this, they set up this conflict. Well, that yes, kids worry about their parents not being able to love more than one child. 
that's that's a good conflict for a children's film but they never really resolve it <laughs> like there there's just this idea in this movie that like there's a certain amount that, of love that exists and whether it's puppies or, or additional children or whatever and that's it and that's not the way love works like if i if i have three children i can love them but the heart can expand to love four children. That's why a teacher can love 30 children. You know, it, that's just, it's just not the way that, that love works, that there's like this de defined amount. And I just thought that was so weird that they never resolved that concern for the little boy. We have a 33, the Lego Ninjago. I thought that there was some inventive sequences in this. I really liked the cat. That was my favorite part. I thought that was really funny, but, uh, and there were a couple good jokes. A lot of them were in the trailer though, but I don't know. I just found this thing to be really boring. I felt like I'd seen everything before, whether it was, uh, you know, obviously the Lego movies, but Kung Fu Panda, Star Wars, Karate Kid, Power Rangers. And like, it couldn't decide whether are the characters cool or are they losers? And it went back and forth. And I felt like that Garmagon was sort of a copy of, of, uh, Lord Business and, but not as good and and the live action sequence didn't work like the other ones had i don't know i just i just didn't like it i thought it was boring 32 i have mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you the animation isn't great in this but it's just like a sweet little christmas movie i'm a sucker for them uh you know about a little girl who wants a puppy <laughs> uh, next i have number 31 is despicable me three uh, this did make me laugh a couple places, which is saying something for a Despicable Me movie, but I found that Gru and Drew were super annoying. I didn't like either of them. I'm not a big fan of this franchise. Uh, it was really weird the way it was all split up into these different sections. It didn't feel like one like cohesive movie. I liked stuff with the girls and uh, the Kristen Wiig character. I liked that. That was pretty good and her trying to connect with them as their mom. And uh, yeah, but all the other stuff with the heist and the brothers, didn't like that at all. And so number 30, I have Ballerina or Leap, depending on where you're at. Uh, this is a perfectly serviceable dance movie uh, that I think the girls who want to become a ballerina and want to dance will like. And I think that the animation is pretty decent. Uh, it has some nice cityscapes of Paris with this movie is I feel like the movie is about dreaming but I feel like she gets her thing things her dreams way too easily I mean just like a couple lessons that she kind of half-heartedly goes and complains about going to them she's able to get places in an audition that other people have been training for years and years because she's the one that, that dream she's the dreamer you know and they're all the like stuffy shirts I guess and I felt like she's actually kind of uh she kind of lies and is kind of takes other another person's identity she she's i don't know not the most honest character which isn't very good either number 29 i have the nut job too nutty by nature i liked this movie i thought it was funny i thought it was kind of charming and i definitely think it was way better than the first one i thought that they managed to make the characters more likable than the first one i thought the animation was way better and I laughed more. I really did. And I thought that particularly the um, two pugs were, were really fun. I enjoyed them. And it's not a great movie. The villain is terrible. The save the park thing is stupid. And uh, yeah, so like the plot isn't great. And they still have some character motivation problems. 
So it's not a great movie, but I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. So at 28, I have Rock Dog. I think this movie is actually pretty fun. I like the lead character. He's a dreamer. We've seen that a million times. But I kind of like the interactions with him and this sort of rock star cat. I think are kind of funny. Plotline with these like mafia wolves. That just didn't work for me. And the thing with his dad and stuff like that and leading the town and all that didn't work. But the music sequences when they're playing music is actually pretty good. I don't know. I was, I was entertained by Rock Dog. I thought it was okay. So there you go. 27, I have DC Superhero Girls, the Intergalactic Games. And this is the latest in this series. And I've reviewed both on my channel. And this was just a lot of fun uh, where you get to see all your superhero girls. I really like the way they animate these. I think it's really nice. And uh, they have these intergalactic games. You know, honestly, I can't remember a ton about the plot. But basically, I think it's um, uh, Lex Luthor's sister comes and tries to, like, attack. It tries to invade the games and tries to attack and whatever. And they all have to gather together. And so... I don't know. It's just a, a nice little superhero movie that's for kids, for girls particularly. Number 26, I have Loving Vincent. And I'm just shocked that this is that low because it is an artistic achievement. Making an animated film on oil paintings is amazing. The animation is beautiful, but I just really did not care for the story that they picked. I mean, this guy going around interviewing people about Vincent Goh's life, to me, it wasn't insightful, insightful, it wasn't interesting, it wasn't moving, it was just kind of boring, and I, I didn't think that it had anything to really say about art, or suicide, or mental health, or Vincent Van Gogh. I mean, you learn hardly anything about Vincent Van Gogh in this movie about loving Vincent, and I don't know, I just thought that it was really dry, and at 25, I have The Napping Princess, this is an anime film, and uh, it, it's a movie that I think that kids will like because it has these fantastical sequences with these, like, where she goes into these fantasy worlds that are really fun and got cute cats and cute kind of things. Everything's very sort of Hello Kitty-ish kind of cute. But the story really wasn't there. Uh, it was kind of boring for me. And, uh, and even though it was pretty, I it just, I don't know, it just didn't quite work for me. So number 24, I have Pokemon, I Choose You. I'm not like the greatest expert on Pokemon. I know a little bit, but uh, this was, I thought the animation was good. And I know there's like this super controversial part where Pikachu talks, but it's only for just like a second into dream sequence. So I think people are making way too big a deal of that. I didn't even remember that it happened until I heard the controversy. I have to admit, I did fall asleep for a chunk of this because uh, it, 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 that's the biggest drawback. I was kind of slow for me. Uh, but it was charming. And uh, three, I have the Sword Art Online, the movie. And uh, this has like a pretty entertaining premise with this sort of almost like Matrix-like kind of reality world, you know, that they finally freed themselves and then they're going to go back and they all kind of have their personalities. And uh, yeah, I thought it, it was a little bit confusing because I haven't watched the series and the, but the animation was beautiful. The action sequences were great. I thought it used music really well. Like this, the story was a little bit convoluted. And I, I felt like the female characters could have been better. 22, I have Batman uh, versus Two-Face. And this is the vintage Batman that we got. We got the Return of the Cape Crusader last year. And we get this Two-Face this year. This is the last performance of Adam West as Batman, which was really fun. And I actually think this is better than Return of the Cape Crusaders. 
because I, I think that William Shatner is really excellent as Two-Face. I think he pulls off that balance of Harvey Dent uh, and Two-Face really well. And uh, I don't know, I just really enjoyed this. I thought the animation was pretty solid. Uh, it's pretty funny. And, uh, but it has it, this conflict of like Batman loves Harvey Dent. He obviously hates Two-Face, but so his loyalty is like torn. Next, at 21, I have Bird Boy. And this movie is a hard movie to review because it's super weird. I did a review on rotoscopers.com. Uh, it has these super cute, adorable characters in this post-apocalyptic, crazy, weird, trippy, uh, very dark world. And uh, it's, it, it's more just sort of throwing concepts at you versus like a real narrative. Uh, I mean, it has a very high Rotten Tomatoes score, and I can understand why, because it's very visually inventive and very different and surprises you every step of the way. But I don't know, like it was, sometimes felt like it was sort of shocking for shock value sake. And uh, that, I don't know, some of it was a little off-putting to me. It's just, I guess, not my style of movie, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It was some, something different. 20, I've Smurfs the Lost Village. I think that this was pretty underrated. I think that people were way harsh on it. I loved the animation. I thought it was stunning. Uh, the the like I particularly love the river, the floating rivers. I thought was so beautiful. And the lost uh, the lost village, the forest, everything was so pretty. I, I think it had some nice moments. It had some funny jokes. I liked all the voice work was pretty good. I thought that, that I mean the main problem with this movie is that I think that. Uh, you have this weird gender dynamic and kind of what they were doing with uh, these women versus men and what things are feminine and what things are masculine got a little uncomfortable for me at times, a little stereotyping for me at times. Uh, I actually like Gargamel. I thought he was fun because I like sort of old school sniveling villains that we don't get to see enough of these days. Uh, but it could get a little boring at times. And I think that they maybe were, took itself a little bit too seriously with Smurfette kind of being the savior character. Number 19, I have Ferdinand. I think that this is a sweet little movie. I think the animation is nice. I think the ending is really a lot of fun with sort of the slapstick uh, going through Spain. Uh, but, and, and I think that I like the fact that this movie has like no villain. Uh, you have masculine characters who you think are going to be the villain, but they're really not. They're just kind of protective and, and, and sort of trying to guard their, their space and their people and everything. Uh, and, uh, and then you've got Ferdinand, who's, who's obviously the more uh, quiet kind of character. I really like the calming goat. I knew it would be a controversial character, but I thought she was hilarious. I really like Kate McKinnon in the role. I, I think that the problem with this movie is it just, it does feel incredibly played out. Something we've seen a million times, the story of both sort of the pampered pet that, uh, that gets put out in the wild. The, the character doesn't fit in kind of like Ratatouille is the ultimate example of that kind of story. So, I, but it's a very sweet little movie and very enjoyable. And I loved music. I thought it worked really well. Uh, so there you go. Number 18, I have Moon, Guardians of the Moon. This is a beautiful film with a really cool mythology uh, that uh, I think that 
everybody should check out. I think it's really good. Uh, but uh, it is a little bit slow. It's a little convoluted. It's the guardians of the moon and the sun and the moon gets kind of stolen. And so they must go on this journey to find the moon. And uh, so, yeah, it was really good. Uh, and number 17, I have Justice League Dark. I really thought this was cool. I liked Zatanna as a character. I like Constantine as a character. I don't even think you needed Batman. I think you've just gotten rid of him. Uh, but all these other characters I thought were really cool and interesting and new for me. And uh, I thought that it had enough humor. It didn't get all like sexy, but it had enough sort of, I like Zatanna, had enough sort of sex appeal without getting tawdry. Teen, I have the Lego Batman movie. I thought that this was so funny, especially for the first like act. And I, I do like uh, all the sort of hidden Easter eggs and everything and uh, that I, some of them I knew, some of them I didn't know, but it was still kind of fun. And the problem for me is I do think in the middle, particularly it lags. Uh, it, it wasn't as strong on the rewatch as I thought it would be. I, I, I found myself getting a little bored in that middle section. I think it then ends strong. Uh, but uh, it's still a, a lot of fun, very enjoyable film. Number 15, I have the My Little Pony movie. I really enjoyed this movie. I liked the animation. I thought it was really bright and colorful and fun. I thought that it had some good lessons about friendship, and I liked what they did with the characters. I liked that uh, Twilight Sparkle uh, kind of learns this lesson about friendship and, uh, and loyalty. And uh, I liked having Tempest as the villain. And uh, she, she was somebody, I didn't think they needed the second villain. I didn't think that really worked. Uh, but I, I think the, it is a movie where they introduce, it's kind of a road trip movie. So they meet all these characters. The characters will be there for one song and then we won't see them again, which I didn't really mind, but some people might mind that. I actually really liked the songs. I downloaded the soundtrack as soon as I got home. I really uh, had a good time watching this movie. I don't 14, I have Cars 3. I really liked Cars 3. I, I liked Cars 3 quite a bit. I really liked Cruz's story and her sort of being finally thrust into this position that she never thought that she could, could do. And I think that that's sort of an a different kind of sort of I think that's a, a different kind of discrimination that we typically see. Like there's one thing to be, have the door slammed in your face, but it's another thing to have uh, just not even acknowledging the, the option is available to you. That's sort of a different kind of discrimination that we don't typically see. And I really liked, and I, I thought all oh, the voice was good. I loved the racing sequences, uh, but there are definitely some slower sequences in here. Uh, there's some spots that, that dragged a bit. I really did like the Demolition Derby, though. I mean, you have the problems of a Cars movie and just world building and stuff. But overall, I liked Cars 3. And I, I, I do think it's my favorite of the series. So there you go. Uh, number 13, I have My Entire High School is Sinking into the Sea. And this movie is very experimental. If you're not into experimental movies, you won't like this. But I thought it was a really funny take on the disaster movie. Spirited really quick, but they, they managed to keep it just, just barely in line and keep it to being funny while also having this this disaster just escalate and escalate and escalate and the, the, the water level is getting higher and higher and higher and higher and they're just very sardonic, 
very funny and it's just very experimental in the things that it tries you know there's certain points where there's almost like a strobe light and there's different colors and the way they use different animation it's very creative not for everybody but i really enjoyed it number 12 i have kept it under pants the ep first epic movie i thought this movie was very solid it was my top uh, animated mainstream animated film for a long time. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was nice to have two characters that are one's black, one's white, which is really fun. And it's not even mentioned. It's not even discussed. And I thought that it was nice that they are very creative boys, that they're like creating their own comics, their own stories. I like that. I think that's good for kids to see. And uh, they're trying to make other people happy. Sure, they pull pranks and stuff, but it's only because they live in this basically dystopian environment with this principal. And so they're just trying to, to, to make people happy. With the, loved all the different animation techniques that they use, the sock puppets at certain points, the, the uh, stop motion, all the different stuff they tried. I really thought it worked. I really enjoyed it. And I, number 11, I have Ethel and Ernest. I actually had this on my list last year because I thought it counted for last year, but I guess it counts as this year because it was on the Academy list. This is such a sweet movie about Raymond Briggs, his uh, parents, and basically their whole life together. It starts when they get engaged all the, way, all the way until he moves out of the house and their their experiences raising their son and the and their experiences in World War II and Jim Broadbent and Brenda Blithen are wonderful as the leads. It's just like warm and sweet and lovely and the animation is just very like sketchy and colorful and, and great. Now we're in our top 10, I'm so excited. And most of these you guys have never seen before. So put these all on your list of movies that you should check out uh, because they're just, I thought they were all pretty much better than most of the mainstream animated films. There you go. Number 10, I have Mary and the Witch's Flower. This comes out next month uh, with a, a like two-day release or whatever, so make sure you put it on your calendar. This is the first film by Studio Ponic, and uh, it's it's a it's by Hinoroso Yonobayashi, and he was the one who did When Marnie Was There, and the... Secret Life of Marietti. He has a beautiful style, and this definitely feels like uh, your Kiki's Delivery Service, your, your uh, some of your other Studio Ghibli films. Uh, but I don't know. Like I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I guess I really like those films, and so something that that sort of feels like borrowing from that is 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 a win for me because I think it does it well. Sort of a combination of Kiki's Delivery Service and Harry Potter. You've got this like magic school that she finds out about and this adventure and, and uh, yeah, it's just really a sweet, fun little movie with great animation, great music. Uh, it, it's, it does feel a little bit uh, insubstantial at times. It doesn't have the emotional heft that your Kiki or your Totoro or a movie like that has. Even Marnie, when Marnie was there had more sort of emotional heft. Number nine, I have In This Corner of the World. This is an anime film. And I actually got to interview the director, Suno Katabuchi, and I'll put a link down in the description section if you want to check that out on rotoscopers.com. But uh, this movie is like a slice of life kind of movie. It basically follows this character who ends up being kind of a young bride in an arranged marriage uh, in uh, in uh, World War II uh, before the the uh, the bo atomic bombs in Japan, and she ends up moving to uh, Hiroshima and, uh, with this marriage and it just kind of follows her and her life with this 
man it's not for everyone if you think this kind of movie if you think movies that are sort of like you walk in the life of characters if you think those movies are boring you will think this movie's really boring because like it has a whole scene where she's just like cooking rice and uh, and you get to see like this intricate way that they would cook rice to make the rice like feed more people and it would sort of puff it up and and uh stuff like that uh i really liked it and I, there is enough sort of tension and enough plot, enough things kind of happen to her that I was engrossed and I thought it was beautiful. The animation is beautiful. It sort of has a watercolor style to it. Number eight for me is The Big Bad Fox and Other Tale. This is by Benjamin Veneer and he's the same person who did Ernest and Celestine. And this is such a funny, such a sweet little movie. Shame that it can't be released a world, like nationwide yet because it has such a fun, like this, the last whole tale is all about Santa Claus. And I really like all these characters. They're really sarcastic, really funny, and, and very sweet. There's nothing like tawdry in here. There's nothing, nothing inappropriate. One of them, he ends up kind of becoming the, the mother of these three little chickens. And they were really cute, these chicks. And uh, they start calling him mother. And yeah, so when it becomes available to you, definitely check it out. It's, it's a really uh, fun little watch. Number seven is called Louise by the Shore. And this is a beautiful animated film, I think out of France. Uh, and it's very simple. It's about this woman who is visiting the, this island that's this like uh, coastal, she's visiting this island that's like this resort island. And uh, she ends up getting kind of left behind. Uh, she people don't realize that she's not where she's supposed to be and everybody in this whole island ends up leaving. And so she has, she's like really sort of fragile and frail at the beginning, but like she has to sort of muster up sort of the confidence and everything to like take care of herself. And, and uh, she becomes kind of emboldened in this sort of gets this rebirth through this experience. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a very sweet little animated film. I, I recommend it. Number six, I have The Son of Bigfoot. This was such a pleasant surprise to me. It looked like something that was awful, that was like directed DVD, whatever. And then I watched it and it had huge heart. Uh, it's about this boy who has this like super bushy hair. His, his, he, all he knows is that his, his dad, he's told his dad has died. And uh, his mom's the single mom. He's getting bullied kind of at school. Well, one day he finds this box of letters from his dad to his mom. And he starts on this sort of journey. It's called Son of Bigfoot. So I don't think it's a huge surprise. But he starts on this journey into the forest to find out more about this Bigfoot character he's heard about. And I really love like the, the sort of message of family and forgiveness. And uh, I just, I thought it was funny and sweet. And I loved the music that they had in it. I thought it was really good. I was just very entertained by this movie and I thought it was just such a, a hidden gem. <laughs> so number five, I have Window Horses. This is by the director Anne-Marie Fleming and it is so good. I loved it. It's about this girl who is from Canada, uh, but she is part Persian and part Chinese. Uh, she knows that her father was in uh, Iran, went to Iran, and, uh, and left their family and her mother has passed away and she writes this book of poetry. She gets this opportunity to go to Iran for this poetry contest. And she learns 
so much about herself, about poetry, and about her father and her culture that she would never have known. I thought it was very emotionally true. It was very beautifully animated. And, uh, and it's just a, a lovely little movie. So we did a whole Chicks on Flicks podcast just about this film. So check that out. I think you'll like it. Uh, next up, number four, I have The Breadwinner. We also did a podcast with my friend Conrado on this movie. And uh, this is by Nora Twinney based on the novel. It's a loose adaptation. It's about this girl in Afghanistan who just ends up having to work for her to... She ends up having to go out and pretend to be a boy so that she can provide for her family once her father is put in prison. And the animation is stunning. There's these, uh, there's these sequences of fantasy where she's telling stories to her, her uh, younger siblings to try to encourage them. And, uh, but it's, it's, it works pretty well. They don't necessarily blend those fantasy sections with the, I guess, real life sections like perfectly, but it's good enough that I enjoyed it. I really liked the characters. They're characters you don't see every day. Like her mother is like super depressed. She won't leave her bed. And, uh, and then her sister's a really interesting character. There's like, there's like salvation in the fact that she might be able to become an arranged bride, which is like interesting and weird. And you learn so much about this culture and this time period and, uh, what kind of happened and, like I didn't never occurred to me that like people couldn't even leave, like women couldn't even leave the house. Like, I guess I would always figure there were like certain places, but like, I, I guess they just expected this family to starve because they took the, they took the breadwinner away and there's no other men in this family. And so anyway, she has to pretend and, uh, to be a boy and it's very beautiful and well done. Uh, my number three is the girl without hands this film is, was basically all done by one man named Sebastian Laudenbach. And he is a tremendous talent. I mean, he did everything from the editing to the directing to the animating to everything. And I love just the way this movie flowed and moved and uh, the way that it told this story with like, there was a pretty like intense story, but I thought it told it in just sort of the right way that really absorbed you and you felt emotion, but like it wasn't too sort of horrific or whatever. I don't know. I just really felt connected. I felt emotional. This is a very like artistic film. The animation is, is very sort of, like I said, it's just sort of sketchy and flows and moves in a certain way. I loved the score. I thought the score was amazing. And I, I, I thought it was a, a very moving fairy tale that I was unfamiliar with. This girl without hands is a grim story, but I thought it too is a silent voice. This movie is so beautiful about this boy who uh, was, is the bully. I've never seen a bully narrative story told from the bully's perspective, but though it doesn't excuse him at all. If anything, it condemns him more because he's the one condemning himself. And uh, he, bullies when he's young, bullies this, this young, uh, deaf girl. And, uh, he's kind of ostracized after, uh, after what happens. And he, as a teenager, he becomes very, he feels very guilty and he wants to try to make amends. And it's just amazing how these two characters who are just so broken actually end up kind of bonding together in a very touching very human way. The animation is amazing. The music is amazing. I, there's just moments that I was just like bawling. Uh, that were so true and so real. We did this, uh, a podcast on this as well. Uh, so it's one of my favorite movies of the year, even though I recognize that, uh, it won't be for every taste. 
So there you go. Uh, number one for me for animated films, 2017 is Coco. Uh, this movie I just thought had huge heart. I was so emotionally invested in the characters and what happened. It touched on themes of family and ancestry and forgiveness and love. And, and uh, I thought that it was also funny. I thought that it was amazingly animated, beautiful. I was just touched. It's my favorite movie of the year. I, I, I think it was, it didn't feel too long. I was never bored. I, I just, I love Miguel as a character. I love Hector as a character. I loved the ending. Oh my gosh, it was so good. And uh, I, I don't know, there's just really not much I would change about it. It's not like the book of life, like some people said at all. Uh, I learned stuff about the Day of the Dead uh, holiday that I didn't know before. And uh, by the end, I was just like on the edge of my seat, like what's going to happen? Like, how's he going to save, you know? And, and ah, it just, I just loved it. I thought it was perfect. So Coco is my number one animated film of the year. So there you go. That's it from one to 41. What do you think of my ranking? Put in the comment section and uh, thanks so much for being with me this whole year. And we'll look forward to next year for animated films. And uh, thanks so much. Please subscribe to my channel and I'll talk to you later. Bye.